Let's join our hearts together in prayer. God, be at work in this time of reflection, this time of contemplation on your word. Uh, Guide us in this time of contemplation of your word made flesh, Jesus, that we might be changed, that we might be built up, that we might have confidence in your love, live lives of ever greater purpose, and also with greater assurance that we are safe, no matter what this world brings to us, and that we are safe for the world yet to come. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Our message over the next few weeks and our theme really for the year is going to be Jesus, God's global initiative. Uh, We want to think about how uh, Jesus came into the world to change your world, that you might be of help to and be protected from this world until he gives to you a new world. That's what we'll be looking at. We're going to read through uh, this first letter of John to the church. John wrote the gospel. He also wrote these other three letters. I want to encourage you over the next few weeks, maybe every week, to read through First John. It's just five uh, short chapters as you get really focused on uh, the theme, Jesus, God's Global Initiative. I don't know if you recognize that picture. It's a very famous picture. It'll be 50 years old this Christmas time. It's a picture taken from Uh, the far side of the moon by astronauts in Apollo 8. And they were kind of surprised by it, as the story goes, as they came around the back of the moon and they looked out, they saw the earth rise. It was really this stunning thing. They snapped a picture of it. One of them said later on that it was this vision that helped him to understand that the space program was really more about understanding life on earth than it was anything that was going on out in space. There's actually a controversy between, or there was, between the astronauts about who actually took this picture. You might want to read about it later. Just Google a Smithsonian Earthrise, and you'll find an an interesting article about who actually took this picture. So it's going to help us to think about Uh, Jesus, God's global initiative. Jesus came to be the Savior of the world. God sent him. We're going to look at uh, the first part of John today, or the first part of John's letter. And the theme of the message today is the fix manifested. I want to begin by tapping into your sense of disquietude. As you pay attention to the things that you pay attention to as you read the news or look at the uh, news on TV or or blog. As as you look at at what's going on in the world, I'll bet you have a sense of disquietude. Something's wrong. How come things don't work better than they do? I mean, think about the violence. I mean, doesn't that get to you the sense of people killing people all over the place uh, in our own communities, the violence that goes on? Something doesn't seem right. Uh, politicians, why can't they just get along? You know, you have people on this side, people on that side, and they're saying, and they're saying, and, and, and they're all talking about how they're helping everybody else, and you think, well, maybe they're just helping themselves, and, and just no matter what, you, you have this sense of disquietude. What's going on? Hurricanes, fires, tornadoes. 
What's going on with the sexual mores of our land? And, and you read all, you watch all, and, and you have a sense that something isn't right with the world. Now, what, do you, what would you do with that? Uh, there are a couple of things you can do. You could ignore it. Just stay real busy with your own little life and uh, uh, keep yourself amused with other things. There's a famous book out there. It's a great little book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, that we just check out of the rest of the world and, and amuse ourselves. Or the other thing that we can do is, is, is engage ourselves in the world to, be, to try to be part of the solution, to try to help fix what's wrong with the world. And that's a great instinct. I hope that is your instinct. A lot of people want to try to fix the world. There are all kinds of initiatives that people have taken, that corporations have taken to fix things. Uh, GE has one. Uh, they, have, they're global, they have a global initiative. It's called Health Care for Communities Around the World. Apple wants to ask less of the planet. It's probably a good idea. Something about save, you know, resources, be more careful with the things that you use. All these things are good. I'm not criticizing any of these things. Uh, there's LinkedIn, LinkedIn for good. This one's kind of cute. Disney, volunteers, get it? With the ears, you know, Mickey's ears. That's, that's kind of cute. You know, so their global initiative is let's get people volunteering for things. Uh, Google, this sounds very Google-like, data-driven, human-focused philanthropy. That's their uh, global initiative. Levi Strauss has water less. That's kind of a cute way to say that. You know, we should watch over the water on the face of the earth and make sure we're not polluting it or wasting it, that we're using it. That's a good idea. IKEA. You know, an international company selling all that furniture. Brighter Lives for Refugees. They have a consciousness about people around the world, people displaced. Starbucks wants to hire veterans and refugees. They have a plan, a global initiative, to hire tens of thousands of veterans and uh, uh, refugees. There are all kinds of, of global initiatives, people trying to fix things. Uh, there are global health initiatives. There's a global initiative for AIDS, for tuberculosis, uh, for malaria. Um, isn't that Bill Gates? I think Bill Gates is very involved in uh, malaria, trying to root that out. It's a global initiative. Even locally, uh, the, the Broad School over here at MSU has seven different global initiatives. And all of those things are, are good instincts. They tap into something that, that's within us, that, that we look out at the world and we see that something is wrong, something is out of place, and we want to fix it. If we're going to fix the world, though, if we're going to fix what's wrong with the world, we need to make sure that we understand what the real issue is, what the real problem is. Otherwise, we'll be chasing around trying to take care of symptoms instead of really addressing the problem. John is going to help us address the problem. Scripture identifies the real problem with the world. The fundamental problem is sin. That's what's wrong with the world. That's why things are the way they are, why things don't work. It's sin. People doing things that God tells them not to do or people failing to do the things that God tells them to do. Your sin, my sin, the sin of the world, that's what causes the problems around us. We can look at this from, from any number of different perspectives. 
you can use the word trespass, being where you don't belong. A brokenness. There is a brokenness about the world. Broken relationships with God, broken relationships with one another. That actually ultimately leads to broken things like uh, uh, how weather systems work. That's a brokenness that grows out of sin. Uh, the brokenness of our genetic code and, and the genetic problems that we have. It all gets tied back into sin. Uh, bent. C.S. Lewis uses this phrase. I always like this. Bent. You know, that, that we're, we're just kind of not going quite in the right direction. Another one is an old one. Curved in on self. That's why we have the problem. People are curved in on themselves. Pride. You know, it, it, the hardest sin, another word for sin would be pride. We, we have people that celebrate pride. But it's really exerting self against others, especially exerting self against God. It's a disaster. It's rebellion. That's what's wrong with the world. That the creation is rebelling against its creator. If we want to make a difference in the world, if we want to fix the problems that we see around the world, we must see and understand and deal with sin. And that's what God has done for us. God has sent the solution for what's wrong with the world, and the solution is Jesus. That's what John is going to tell us all throughout this letter, that Jesus is God's global initiative to fix things. You know, the answer really is Jesus. It's like that old kid's message joke. You've heard this one, haven't you? A uh, pastor's doing a, a, a kid's message, and uh, for whatever reason, he describes a squirrel in the kid's message. He describes a squirrel, and then he says to the kids, he says, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm referring to? And one of the kids says, well, it sounds like a squirrel, but I'm going to go with Jesus. <laughs> you know, we always think Jesus is the answer. I... Um, I was looking for a, uh, a carpenter a little earlier this summer, and I sent a note to one of our, our new elders, because uh, I thought he knew of a carpenter, so I sent one of our new elders a carpenter, or uh, a question about a carpenter, and I said, hey, do you know a good carpenter? <laughs> I never saw it coming. <laughs> he sent a note back, he said, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was a good carpenter, right? And he said, is this a test for new elders? <laughs> Jesus is the solution to what's wrong with the world. Jesus is the solution to what's wrong with your world. God took the initiative to send Jesus to rescue us. Uh, you can write this down. Without the proclamation of Jesus... We forever deal with symptoms and not the solution. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, we want to be focused on Him, applying Him to our own lives and to the lives of people around us. John spent a, a number of, uh, spent a lot of time in his letter identifying Jesus as the solution. Look at these verses. This is from 1 John chapter 1. It says, The life was made manifest. 
And we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. If you read through 1 John, I want to encourage you to do that. You'll see made manifest or revealed, uh, said over and over again. And what John is saying is that God has sent the solution. It started with God. It came from God. He has made that solution, that Jesus, clear to the world. In chapter 3, it speaks about how he came to be the rescue from sin. He says, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to get at the problem that bedevils us. He paid the penalty for our sin. And we deserve to be cast out from God forever. That's what we have coming. But Jesus has paid the penalty. He took it upon himself. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that in him we'd now be the righteous of God. And so he sent Jesus to take away the penalty of sin, but he also sent Jesus, and John is going to look at this. We'll talk about this in the coming weeks. He also sent Jesus to rescue us from the practice of sin that we wouldn't continue to live in rebellion against God, uh, that we would follow Jesus. God got at the root of the problem by sending Jesus to deal with sin. This is from chapter 4, verse 9. It says, in this, the love of God was made manifest. That's what I'm trying to illustrate for you. That John is saying over and over again, all of this comes from God. This is his gift. This is his love for you. This is his love for the world. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love Not that we've loved God, but that he loved us. He initiated it. He loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You know, there are many people who crab against God because of the evil in the world. And they say, you know, people say this stuff. They they think it's so profound. They say, well, if God was really a God of love, he'd do something about all of the problems in the world. Well, he did. He sent Jesus. And he calls people to Jesus. You know, they just don't like the solution he sent. God indeed hates all of the brokenness and the troubles that we experience. And he sent Jesus to rescue us from it, to see us through it, that he might lead us to a land where it will be no more. And this is not just for you and me. This is for the world. It's a global initiative. This is a little later in chapter 4. It says, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Again, it's a word of initiative. God's initiative. He sent us for the Savior of the whole world. In In the coming weeks, and actually in the coming year, we really want to focus on the worldwide mission of Jesus and the worldwide mission that you and I have as believers in Jesus. The world comes to Ingham County, you know, people from all over the world. Uh, uh, I, uh, I like to say, you know, people talk about different races. Uh, that's really a misnomer. There, there's no such thing as different races. We're all the one race. We're all the human race. We may hail from different continents. You know, we may have different facial features or hair textures or or skin tones, but there's really only one race. It's the human race, and the whole human race is broken, but the whole human race 
has been offered by God a Savior and a rescue. Uh, we don't need a different Jesus for different cultures. He's here for all people. We're going to focus on that in the coming, coming weeks to think about how God has placed us strategically to share that fix with the whole world around us. John 5, 1 John 5. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Are you finding your life in His Son? Are you finding your life in something else, somewhere else? God wants to, to be at work in your life through Jesus Christ, to help, to heal, to strengthen, to fix all the things in your life. Here's what I want you to focus on this week. I want you to think about Jesus as a global fix for your world. Too often, well-meaning Christians say, Jesus is a, is a big part of my life. Jesus is an important part of my life. Uh, we might even say, Jesus is the most important part of my life. Jesus is our life. Jesus needs to be our world. All that we are and all that we have that it, it would center around and, and draw hope from and comfort from and direction. That's what John is going to talk to us about in, in the rest of this letter, uh, about abiding in Jesus and, and growing our whole lives out of Jesus. I want you to think this week about how Jesus is a global fix for your world, your whole life. Uh, think about Jesus as a global fix for your family's world. You know, parents, grandparents, they want good things for their kids. They want them to get good educations and do great things in the world and have all kinds of great experiences. And all those things are, are, are fine. But without Jesus at the center, it's a disaster. You know, the Bible says, what is a profit of man if he gains the whole world yet loses his soul? So how important it is for our whole family to, to focus on and, and to be built up in Jesus, not just Sunday, but, but throughout the week, that, that he would be in charge of the whole globe of your family, a global fix for your world, for your family's world. And I want you to think about Jesus as a global fix for people all over the world. Uh, that's going to be the, an, an accent in the coming weeks, that this is not just for us and ours and those right around here, but for, for people throughout our community and throughout the world. Jesus, God's global initiative. If you're serious about things being better, if you want things to be better in your life, in, in your family, if you want things to be better in the world, let's get more serious about Jesus. And looking to Him, trusting in Him, following in, in Him. This is from Hebrews chapter 12. It says, let us fix, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let us keep our eyes fixed on the one who is the fix, Jesus. On whom our faith depends from beginning to end. Our whole globe, our whole world. Amen. Having heard God's word, His solution.